0: This podcast may contain mature content, strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the HD Movie Podcast. I'm Darren Gaskell.
1: And I'm Hayley Alice Roberts and in this episode we are going to be looking at a brand new exclusive Netflix movie, The Weekend Away.
0: As we've just said, this episode we're taking a look at a brand new movie, it's 2022's The Weekend Away, directed by Kim Ference or Kim Ferrant I guess, if you're American, and it's new to Netflix.
1: Yeah, it's part of the Netflix movies based on a book category, um, which they produce. And it's based on a novel by Sarah Alderson, which was published in 2020. The author, Sarah Alderson, does specialise in the thriller genre, and that's exactly what we're going to get with The Weekend Away. So I'm just going to read the very brief generic plot provided by IMDb. Nobody in particular this time, so just on as it's a new film. A weekend getaway to Croatia that goes awry when a woman is accused of killing her best friend. As she attempts to clear her name and uncover the truth, her efforts unearth a painful secret.
0: That's a very <laughs> short and sharp synopsis, and I guess it sums up the film quite nicely. I'm a reasonably big fan of crime novels, but I haven't read anything by Sarah Olson, so I might have to catch up on the stuff she's written. I do attend a crime writers' festival every year in Arrogate, so it's my genre, really, so I've read a reasonable amount of stuff. This one... It ticks all the crime fiction boxes. Certainly the crime fiction involving a woman who discovers domestic secrets and the fact that her friends don't appear to be what they say they are. It's a classic sort of plot in that sense. Um, it's all right, actually. This I think it's got its faults overall, but I think the fact that it's lower key than most thrillers is a big plus. There's not a lot of melodrama in it, although it kind of steers towards it in some places. But you don't get too many ridiculous twists in this one. There's the odd preposterous bit, but it's fairly grounded in reality. Well, it's as grounded in reality as anything like this gets. And it's got some decent performances in it, most notably uh, Let Meester in the main role.
1: Yeah so for me this is the kind of book I would definitely pick up in an airport ready for sort of like a beach holiday read it's definitely got that vibe to it and um, the film definitely does that justice. I've not actually read this book either I'm kind of glad I haven't because sometimes I'm torn between do I read the book or watch the movie and I don't think I can really do both if it's something where you're gonna go into it and you know you already know the outcome so it kind of steers away from the the suspense element for me. But yeah, this is a very good, straightforward thriller. The characters are engaging enough. Maybe they could have done with a little bit more depth. We could have seen a bit more. I think if you read the book, there is a lot more to it. But it's very enjoyable and a movie you can kind of relax to. if you. Again, it's not gore-heavy or horror-heavy. It's nothing like that. It is just a pure thriller, crime-drama. And, yeah, just something
0: quite easy to watch. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, we kind of damning it with faint praise to say it's easy to watch. But it is easy to watch. And it's the sort of thing, it doesn't wash over you. It's quite engaging. It's fairly thrilling in places. There are lots and lots of red herrings. There are loads and loads of characters where you think, oh, is it them? Is it them? And... It's got a good central performance. It's got a strong female lead who gets stronger as the movie goes along. She's a little bit downtrodden at the start, but as she has to fight her way through this mystery, she comes into her own and there's a very satisfying moment at the end which we might get into if we're going to be spoilerific. A good attempt by the filmmakers to make Leighton Meester look a bit more plain than she normally does. I mean, yeah, they've stripped her of some makeup and they've made her hair a bit sort of greasy and stuff. It's obvious that Leighton Meester is absolutely gorgeous, even though they've managed to try and make her look like this very ordinary, plain, sort of housewife-y sort of character. But I don't think that gets in the way of anything, because her performance is so good, and it kind of holds everything together, because she's on screen pretty much all of the time. It also has a really good opening bit, where you're just dropped into the mystery straight away, there's a body floating in the sea, and then the, the um, title's roll, which is a really good way to start a thriller. There's a dead body. Nobody knows what's going on.
1: Yeah, so it's like, right, this is what happens. Let's get into it. Let's find out why this body is floating in that water. Yeah, again, as you say about the main character, I think the fact that she is very natural looking in this grounds it more in realism because you feel that these people are relatable, like people that you could identify with in everyday life. I mean, she's a new mother. That's like something I can personally relate to, so... I, can, I definitely enjoyed following her character's journey and seeing how things were going to go. And I think she played it well, kind of being torn between her old sort of party lifestyle and embracing motherhood and the conflict that that arises with those two things. So that was very well done. And then her best friend, Kate, played by Christina Wolf She is, spoiler alert, the body floating in the water, as it's already kind of said in the synopsis. She is a typical party girl she's going through a divorce so she's again trying to regain um, her youth and have fun and just a bit of she's a bit toxic and self-destructive as well and she is trying to lure Beth into going back into kind of old habits that you know she would have probably stopped a long time ago so there is that conflict at the beginning and Then after a heavy night out, Beth wakes up and she's trying to piece everything together and um, we're along for the ride, essentially. And we meet so many characters. And I think at every point in the movie, they're all suspects. And every single person we meet is like, is it him? Is it him? It's pretty much, is it going to be a bloke? Because it's quite a bloke-heavy film, apart from the two female leads and the cop.
0: (laughs) It is. And it kind of points to the fact that most blokes are dickheads. Basically, there is one reasonably nice guy in there, but he even he to have a but. He's got a bit of a shady past, even though it's not as shady as some of the other characters. The male cop, um, what's his name, Pavic? He's he's particularly nasty in certain places because he clearly has no respect for any female that he's around. There's a bit of a plot development where he's been demoted to this tourist division of the police. So he's obviously very bitter about that. And he pays Beth no heed at all. He's he's a real nasty piece of work. And you kind of think, are they setting him up to be the bad guy in this because he's a cop and because he's holding all the aces in terms of law enforcement? Now, he does seem to be slightly too obvious a suspect. But you do get this sort of thing in thrillers. My, and it's not an issue. I was going to say my issue, but it isn't an issue. I never get who's done it. And they sort of, Uh, thrillers at all my hit rate with guessing the killer is extremely low indeed I knew it was from the first time they came on screen
1: yeah I think when you do find out it is a bit of like oh that's typical there is an element of predictability to this film I'm not going to lie you're not going to be kind of mind blown when you find out the outcome and I feel that I've read so many books of this genre with this plot as well. I actually recently read one a few months ago called The Honeymoon, and this film reminded me so much of that. You know, I just enjoy these films where you've got, you know, a psychopath and a mystery going on, like all the, all these kinds of things. So going back to the character, the one male character you said was particularly okay, um, I'm guessing you're talking about Zane, who is the Syrian taxi driver yes. who we meet at the very beginning where he... Um, drops Beth off at the apartment now yeah he's always got a question mark hanging over him because part of me was always thinking is he too good to be true is he a bit too charming there's that with him as well I wasn't totally sold by his character I thought oh there's going to be something about him some involvement or is he you know the good guy and then they're going to have this full-blown romance I'm kind of glad that was restrained a bit because I think again my eyes would have been rolling It would have been a bit too much like there was a Netflix series um, set in Ibiza about a year or two ago. I'm trying to remember the name of it now, but it reminded me very much of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's full of the archetypes of the thriller genre, this. And they throw various things at you to try and chuck you off the scent, which in this case doesn't really work. Well, it didn't with me anyway, because every time they were throwing something in the way, I just thought, well, there's going to be something in their past that's going to absolve them of what they were behaving like at some point and it does come to light in a in for a couple of the characters but as you said this is perfectly fine it's the sort of thing that it ticks all the boxes it's a decent little thriller it's over within an hour and a half it's not the sort of thrill that goes off the rails at the end as well because i was expecting a big confrontation and there'd be a fight, and things are getting broken, and maybe somebody falls off a balcony. It's that sort of thriller where you think it's going to happen. Like, No, it doesn't happen at the end. There's a very, very measured confrontation, and then it's over, which I thought, well, that's refreshing. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think that made it more tense than usual, because if you're expecting, as you say, someone just to fall to their death, then, you know, we've been there, done that, and I think that this was far more refreshing, because the intensity was between the two characters and it was their performances leading or creating that atmosphere so again yeah it it does hold itself back and that's a very positive point about the film as we both stated we haven't read the book unfortunately but um we have researched into it a little bit and um we just like to talk about a little a few differences between them i'm not sure the exact reason why but the movie is set in croatia but the original novel was set in lisbon in portugal The main character is not called Beth in the uh, book. Her name is Orla, but Kate is still Kate. So I'm not really sure, again, what the decision was with the name change, because obviously I haven't read it, but I just thought that was quite interesting. We're going to get into spoiler territory now. So about midway through the movie, Beth discovers that her too-good-to-be-true husband and father of her child, Rob, is a bit of a dodgy man. He has actually been sleeping with her best friend Kate, and the reason um, for Kate luring her to Croatia was to kind of open her eyes a bit about what this man is really like. And again, it's that very shallow motive of, oh, um, you've had a baby and don't want to have sex with me anymore already. He is probably the biggest arsehole of the film. We have to. <laughs> he is, yes. Hopefully agree on that one. No, that, um, that was that that, his motive.
0: That was the word I was going to use, arsehole. Because he is such an (laughs) asshole.
1: And then in the book, apparently their affair has been going on for a long time compared to the movie where it's implied that it was a a one night thing and it was a complete mistake in Kate's eyes. But Rob's a bit obsessed with her and that's going on as well. We're told that they had a past relationship back in university before he got together with Beth. So there is uh, that aspect to it as well. So um I don't really think it matters too much that they didn't have the full blown affair plot in no. the film. I think you know this guy he you know plays it well. He's an arsehole enough. So with every uh, thing he does and how he uses the child against her and and I just think like it's crazy what he does in the sense of he is supposed to be looking after his child yet he can catch a plane for one night over to croatia and then back to the uk it's like who would do that this is this like a bit implausible but
0: it is a bit and then they kind of say oh it's only a couple of hours well it would only be a couple of hours if it was lisbon it would be quite a bit longer if it was croatia because i actually fancied going to dubrovnik and i still do and i think the flight's about four four and a half hours so that's a that's a bit of a trek if you're going to do that in one day. I guess you can you can forgive them that. I think it's a bit of an oversight because if you if it was still set in Lisbon, yeah, couple of hours there, a couple of hours back. Split looks very nice, actually. They they filmed it in Split in Croatia. Looks gorgeous. Really wanna go there now. It's a fantastic location. The thing about the affair, it they kind of muddy the water with it because they give you the option that it's been going on very you know, very recently, that it might only be a one-night stand. Jay, who is Kate's estranged husband, says, oh, it might have been going on for a few months, but it's not that kind of long-standing thing. So you're never really sure how long they've been seeing each other, but it isn't long. And you're right, that kind of length of time leads to some very odd behaviour from Rob. He does seem a bit of a wrong one from the start, does Rob? He's not a very nice guy. He kind of, well, I mean, doesn't, belittle Beth in that sort of obvious way but it's clear that he just doesn't really see her on his level especially now she's had a kid and you just think I want something really bad to happen to this guy which is probably an (laughs) awful thing to think but in a cast of people who have got various nefarious motives cop included rob is the worst one i mean the cop is a complete utter bastard but rob is worse
1: yeah so keep that in mind when you're watching and there's also another male character that we haven't discussed yet and that is the landlord of the apartments where beth and kate stay so there's this really oddball guy who is kind of like placed by a very strict rule book in terms of how he likes the apartments to be um looked after and again Beth discovers very nefarious and shady goings on with this character as well and again he is another extreme red herring because there's a point in the movie where you think oh my god it's been him all along he's just this like creepy peeping tom type and um there's a confrontation there I think that's probably the bloodiest part of the film there's not as I say there's not much blood or gore in this whatsoever but There is quite a violent moment that takes place there and you think, oh, shit, no, this is not going to go well for her now. She's already accused of murder. Has she potentially murdered someone?
0: Yeah, they do drop in that old chestnut where somebody falls back and hits the head on something. And at that point, I just thought, oh, did they really need to do this? On top of everything else, then she's on the run for this guy's murder as well. Anyway, it's fairly quickly sorted out because he's only dazed and he gets up. And she escapes his clutches. So, again, it looks like it's going to head down this well-worn thriller route. And it doesn't in, at that point. It is the worst Airbnb ever. The, what she actually finds out what he's doing, it's just... Yeah, well, you just get straight out of there. And she pretty much does. It, again, it's like it's this movie's reliance on just piling up dodgy characters. So you think, well, anybody could have been responsible for the murder. It's quite good in the way it just keeps layering the twists on. I don't think it helps in that the murderer is already quite convincingly shady, which is not really the fault of the writing or the actor. It's just probably that I'm generally suspicious about everybody. And the minute I was in the presence of this idiot, I just thought I'd be very surprised if they weren't responsible for killing somebody. And uh, I was, I was right. They they were responsible for killing somebody. Doesn't take anything away from the movie. I thought it was pretty entertaining. I think it's the sort of thing that if you want something reasonably undemanding, quite entertaining, as you say, not very violent. There's very little bad language in it. There's not an awful lot of sexual content in it. I mean, I think it's rated 15, but I think it's a very mild 15. There's the odd bit where you probably wouldn't want to show it to the kids, but overall, it's not something that's going to offend you in any way, uh, unless you don't like crime thrillers. And this is a pretty decent one of its type. It's not going to be the greatest thriller you've ever seen. The twist isn't going to be the greatest you've ever seen. You probably are going to be ahead of it at some points. But in terms of what Netflix has been putting out in thrillers, it's kind of up there with the rest of them. I think Netflix's thrillers tend to be kind of middling's is a really horrible word to say, because this isn't middling, it's quite entertaining. But things like The Woman in the Window, it's got a decent premise and it's got good acting, but it's not going to be something that sticks long in the memory. I mean, The Woman in the Window had Amy Adams. She was great in that. This has got Leighton Meester. She's great in this. So if you're going to watch it, watch it for her performance. Even if you're not convinced by all the twisty shenanigans going on, she's worth watching the movie for.
1: Absolutely and I just think that in a way when she's piecing the events together and they're being revealed to us as the audience as well everybody's kind of had a hand in it to some extent as well which is interesting so nobody's kind of completely innocent in the whole thing everything that's happened and the reason that Kate ended up down by the beach it's all just been one of those snowball effects that has gone on throughout the evening so it's all very well thought through in in that aspect i i do think because i you know read so many of these style of thrillers that nothing surprised me by the end and there's technically two endings to it as well like there's two outcomes um and then when you think it's all been wrapped up it hasn't but as you said you know you kind of liked how that all went down in the end and and it's very restrained compared to how it could be I don't know if you want to go in depth about the, the ending or should we leave it to people to enjoy on Netflix and um, make their own minds up?
0: I think for once we'll avoid the spoiler at the end. The one thing I am going to say is that um, the killer, because there are so few female characters in this, the killer is a man and the man does get quite soundly kicked in the balls, which is a, a good thing. After some previous advice that Beth has been given. The difference between the end of the movie and the end of the book is that the end of the movie is much more conclusive. The book leaves you on sort of a cliffhanger as to what's going to happen next. Whereas this one, you're left in no doubt as to what's going to happen just after the credits have rolled. Which is fine because I think after you've been through all of this, it's that sort of movie with that sort of atmosphere and it's pitched it such a way that if it had a particularly dark ending, you would have probably thought, well, I didn't see that coming.
1: It can work either way sometimes. Sometimes it's nice to have something left open to interpretation, but I always feel if I've gone on this journey with a character and endured this ordeal with them, I always kind of want to root for them and for it to turn out all okay in the end. So I think if I'd read the book, I would have probably been quite surprised at how it turns out but yeah I think the film does a great job like the end of it is absolutely fine and it doesn't waste time anywhere this film it just gets on with the plot and as I say nothing feels throwaway away in it it just builds and builds and builds everybody's a suspect keeps you guessing and it's very enjoyable so I would recommend checking it out I don't think it's had a huge kind of positive response so far but i think that can kind of be because it is very generic and people are just like oh i was expecting something a lot better you you do get that on imdb it currently stands at 5.5 out of 10 which i think is fair it's not you know an incredible movie but it's well acted Mm. and the scenery is gorgeous in it as well as darren says he's very tempted to go to croatia now after viewing that and it is absolutely like stunning location And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got 55% tomato meter and a 43% audience score. So I guess people are just seeing this film as average.
0: Yeah, it's gone down, actually. I just (laughs) checked the Rotten Tomatoes score earlier, first thing this morning, and it was 60% critics and it was 49% audience. So it's taken a bit of a nosedive today. But I think it's going to probably level out about 50%. It's one of those movies where if you're expecting too much, you're going to be disappointed. If you just go in... And I'm not going to say you switch your brain off because you do need to make some kind of cognitive reasoning while you're watching this movie. But it's not going to tax you overly and you can let it wash over you if you want. It's perfectly fine. There's a lot of this stuff that's out there. It's not going to be the greatest thriller you've ever seen. It's certainly not going to be the worst. And it's pretty enjoyable. Really, one of the most positive things I can say about it, as you've said, it doesn't hang around it's done with in an hour and 30 minutes and it doesn't have much fat on it at all it just gets to the point does what it needs to do and then gets out of there and there's a lot to be said for that because i think going back to the woman in the window and i don't want to trash it because i quite liked it but that was a bit baggy that really was it felt like that it could have had 20 maybe even 30 minutes trimmed off it It just seemed to take ages to get where it was going whereas this it breezes through it takes all the boxes. It has quite a satisfying resolution. No problem with any of that. I was quite entertained, I have to say.
1: Yeah, likewise. Um. Yeah, I think it was a really decent movie. I don't really see that much negative about it, other than it is a bit generic and predictable. But if you're happy to just get on board with it, then you're going to have a good time, I think. And as you say, it's just good not to have any sort of filler in it or dragged out parts. So I think that definitely made it for us.
0: I do wish we could chat longer. And that's it for episode 57 of the HD Movie Podcast. As always, thank you for listening.
1: And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to check out our other content, uh, we are on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at HD Movie Podcast.
0: Next time, episode 58. We said we'd continue ploughing through the franchise and we're going to do it. Next time, we're going to be dealing with the third Die Hard movie, Die Hard with a Vengeance.
1: I'm very excited for this one because I've been told it's on par with the original, so I will reserve my judgment until the episode, but I'm very much looking forward to this one.
0: So until then, and we're back in the realm of John McLean. Stay safe everybody. We'll see you soon. The HD Movie Podcast is presented by Haley Alice Roberts and Darren Gaskell. Its music is written and performed by Mitch Bain. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes and Podbean.